Hey everyone, I'm Julie Gunlock, host of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. For those new to this program, this podcast is focused on how parents should custom tailor their parenting style to fit what's best for their families, themselves, and most importantly, their kids. Today, I'm joined by Casey Chalk. He is a senior contributor at The Federalist and an editor and columnist at the New Oxford Review. He has a bachelor's in history and a master's in teaching from the University of Virginia and a master's in theology from Christendom College. Thanks, Casey, for joining me. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on, Julie. So I love your writing, but but I was particularly struck a few months ago when you wrote a pretty provocative piece at The Federalist titled Christians Increasingly Unwelcome in Places Like Northern Virginia. And then you said, as each year passes and the aggressiveness of the leftist ideology becomes more acute, I wonder how long my family can last here. Casey, this struck struck me so hard because I, I felt like I was reading something that I could have written um, or and at least and probably not written as I, I don't mean to say I could have written it because I'm so impressive. I mean, it was beautifully written, but I felt I, I definitely share your concerns about uh, about raising kids and, and really living here. Um, tell me. Tell me why you wanted to, like, was there something that happened or, um, or you know, have you just been feeling this for a long time? Kind of give me a little bit of information on why you wanted to write it and then and sort of give the listeners, you know, sort of a summary of what you wrote. Sure. So the background for this piece is that um, I am one of the few people in the very transient uh, Northern Virginia area who has deep roots here. Um, so uh, my both my parents' families uh, attended uh, Fairfax County Public Schools, which is one of the largest and wealthiest um, school districts in the country. Um, and uh, and then I myself uh, taught uh, high school history in uh, in Fairfax County Public Schools for a brief time. Um, and I had a very positive experience in FCPS, as, as did my parents' families. Um, and my mom was also in the school system for her entire career. But um, over the last 10 to 15 years, even though I was no longer teaching and, and my children were not in public schools, I, I didn't actually, at the original, I didn't have kids <laughs> that long ago, but um, I was perceiving a very dramatic ideological shift in FCPS. Um, and I was also noticing that shift as we had kids and started to think about where we were going to send them uh, in, in the county, in, in the culture of the county more broadly um, across uh, the libraries. Um, and, uh, and other public institutions. Um, and so there just started to become a, a lot more pressure placed upon my wife and I and our kids as they were growing up. Um, and uh, yeah, and it, it sort of reached a boiling point where I, I wanted to write something about this. Well, I'm glad um, you did. Go I'm ahead. glad. I'm, no, I'm, I just want to say I'm glad you did. And I think that there are a lot of people that share your views. And this, uh, this really, uh, like I said, was something that, or is something that I've been feeling for a long time. I, I, you know, I didn't grow up here. It's interesting to have the perspective of someone who has grown up here because I feel like in the, especially in the last five years, it has the, the sort of lurch leftward has gotten, so, has just the, the pace has picked up so much to the point that I really don't even recognize the place where I settled here, you know, 
25 years ago, you know, I ended up having children in getting married and having children in this area um, and chose Alexandria because I did feel comfortable here, but I no longer do. And it's really frustrating. And I think for you, you know, you have real roots here in your article. And you, you just mentioned now that, you know, you, <laughs> I think it goes back what to like your great grandfather, your great, great, I don't know, but you're, you are a long standing family in this com- community. And even you now are, are feeling this. Do you, do you know, do you, are you able to kind of get a sense of why this is, what has happened? And I think, you know, I want to talk to you too, because about, about some developments that have happened since you wrote your article. I want to get your position on that or your opinion on that. But why do you think this has happened so quickly? Virginia has has been making national headlines as sort of this sort of crazy woke place. Um, do you track that to a certain a, something that happened or a trend or a political election? What happened? I think some of it is certainly um, cultural. Uh, Northern Virginia looks a lot different even uh, than it did uh, when I was a kid and certainly uh, when my parents were here in the in the 60s and 70s in that um, it used to still be um, certainly majority white, um, but also predominantly Christian. Um, and so I, I mentioned my article, right, as, as recently as 2000, uh, Fairfax County voted Republican in a presidential election. Right. That's, I mean, that's sort of, that's laughable now to think that <laughs> Fairfax County would do that, um, which, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very sad. But so I think to some degree it has to do with, um, yeah, cultural shifts that have that have happened in that there's just Northern Virginia is a is a much more diverse place, which in diversity in of itself is not is not necessarily a bad thing. But there is there is less um, cultural cohesion around a sort of a common uh, Christian uh, identity and something had to fill the void. Uh, and I've talked about this in a lot of my other writing. Some, when when religion is no longer sort of the, the guiding principle uh, of culture and family lives and even necess- not necessarily that people are. Uh, really devout and pious people, but more that it, it sort of serves as this um, uh, as a broader context in which people understand everything they do, even if it's not con- conscious. Um, is that there there needs to be something else in its place? And I think the the woke ideology, um, yes. both whether we're talking about race or sex or or gender identity, has has, has come in to replace that. Uh, well, it's and, and, I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, combined with that too, is just the nature of. Um, the education system itself. I mean, as someone who went through, I, I went, University of Virginia has one of the best um, education programs in the country uh, for, for teachers. Um, and the program is very decidedly liberal, right? And many of the teachers in Northern Virginia are being influenced by programs like UVA's and many others. Um, so that's, that's the doctrine uh, regarding uh, understanding of, nas- of American history and culture and sex. That, that they're being fed uh, as graduate students. And so then they, you know, push it on their students. Yeah. Yeah. We have seen a real um, shift. You're right in the educational system where teachers now see themselves as activists and also responsible for turning their students into activists. So that's a very good point. You know, you mentioned these in your article, these little sort of islands where, 
conservatives can still feel comfortable, and that has a lot to do with the church, the Catholic Church, um, particular offering, you know, these sort of very traditional educational um, or uh, traditional schools. I actually have now pulled my children. Um, one of them got pulled, or two of them got pulled out two years ago, and my my youngest just this year, um, and they're attending a private Catholic classical education, a classical curriculum, um, Catholic school in the city. And it is amazing the, the sort of um, weight that has been lifted off my shoulders. Um, and I'm, I'm really grateful for that. But, you know, a lot of private schools, other private schools that are not the Catholic schools, some religious schools have st- are, are, are still offering a more traditional um, uh, education. But I've, I've heard from people myself that even some of the private schools, have sort of gone woke. Um, so, you know, it's it's no guarantee if you pull your children out of the public school. I mean, the public schools are, are definitely woke at this point and I, I think are are not offering um, good educations around here, but some of the private schools too. So you can't necessarily skip it. You have to be very, very careful um, with the, the schools that you choose. Um, do you see any breaking down of that? Is there pressure in these, um, in the, on these other private schools that are still offering traditional education? Do you sense that? Do you sense a, you know, any kind of fear that these institutions will also change? Um, I'm not necessarily tracking a lot of the evangelical or more like classical, um, uh, private schools in the area. I know that there yeah. are many that are strong right now. Um, I think I, what I can comment on as, as someone myself, who's a former evangelical is that a lot of the same, um, anti-racist um, and uh, sort of a, a progressive sexual ideologies that are common in uh, like the liberal uh, mainstream culture are seeping their way into evangelical yeah. and, 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 to, and to a certain extent, even Catholic culture as well. Um, a very prominent uh, former pastor of mine has written a book on racial reparations um, wow. that uh, has attracted <laughs> a lot of attention nationally. Um, and so I, I think that there is going to be more pressure yeah. um, for even, yes, even a lot of the private schools to, uh, to, to embrace those sorts of ideologies, unfortunately. Well, you know, you, I want to get this also into, you know, you talk about even beyond the schools, you talk about the grocery stores, you talk about, you know, like, you know, these displays, pride displays or um, in grocery stores or, you know, food companies. Now they all have to get in on this stuff and on the political activism. Um, And you mentioned libraries where, you know, you homeschool your children, your wife goes to the library and she's, you know, inundated with these probably book displays showing, um, you know, the, the books that we we would rather our children not see, um, you know, that is another part of it. It feels like there's no respite from it. And, you know, as a mom, I, you know, I really do want to protect my children from certain images um, and certain things. And it does feel like, you know, like you say, you just can't escape it. Is that one of the reasons that you sort of ask yourself, how long can I stay here? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And, and like as a Northern Virginia native, it is very frustrating because it, it has <laughs> really, yeah, it's it, it is a seismic cultural shift. The, yeah. the grocery store, I think, is one of the bizarre examples yeah. of this that, you know, I go into my local giant, which, you know, local chain in the D.C. area. And, uh, you know, many months out of the year are now ce- celebrating various kinds of pride, some of which, OK, you know, fine. Yeah. Like Hispanic Heritage Month. I, I can get behind that. And I, I support right. that. And Latino Americans should you know, be proud of their heritage, but the the Pride Month is a, is a little bit more of an unnerving one. Um, yeah. I think even for people who don't necessarily have 
issues with that sexual lifestyle. It's just very aggressive. Actually, frankly, I think that um, the grocery stores and the Michaels and a lot of other stores, I think they're, they're celebrating Pride Month far more than they are uh, 4th of <laughs> July or yes. you know, Halloween or Christmas. Um, and it, it is, like you said, it's, it's hard to shield my children from that. My children are still fairly young. My eldest is eight. So she, I, to some degree, she doesn't really have a strong understanding of what's going on when she sees the rainbow flags everywhere. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think that it correlates. But as she gets older, I'm, I'm sure that it will. Um, yeah. And I, I, yeah, I mean, they're going to be scratching their heads. I mean, also, I don't mention it in this particular Federalist article, but there's another one where I talk about Asian Pride Month and how the, the grocery stores now advertise all of the products that are um, Asian owned, even though most of them aren't even Asian American. It's like <laughs> companies that are from India and China. I don't know why. Why, why would I want to prioritize food products China. that are not even made in this country? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, I, I've raised my kids in this neighborhood and, and I live in Alexandria, Virginia, and I have experienced tremendous difficulty. Um, I We have a very strong uh, Moms Demand Action movement here. And um, there were some walkouts here in Alexandria and that were essentially uh, encouraged by the public schools. And at the time, my child was in the elementary school. Um, and all three of my children were in this elementary school where there was this very big sort of um, news-making walkout, right, that, of course, was really generated by parents. It wasn't really kid-generated. It was, you know, parents wanting to use their children as props. And, in fact, they did that. And, and so I was asked to go on Fox News and talk about that, which I did. And I, you know, went on Fox News and I defended the Second Amendment. And I was very respectful of, you know, these kids that were involved in this walkout. But I, you know, I, I certainly had some words about how I don't think that this should be in the schools. I don't think schools should be encouraging walkouts during class. You used to get suspended for that, right? And so, right. Um, and so as a result, my child, um, a one of the Moms Demand Action moms instructed her child to be mean to my child. And it was vicious. And this child was viciously mean to my child at the direction of her mother and, or his mother. And I, that, I remember that just uh, that at that point, I was so shocked. And, and I know this because she, she ended up bragging about it. And, and, and I remember at that point just saying, I am in la la land here. I am in like, this is not normal behavior um, that a parent would behave that way and sort of seek revenge on someone for a political position um, and for having a different position and, and get to them by getting to their child was just a whole nother level of cruelty. And yet that was sort of, you know, she was, she was an activist and she thought this was an appropriate uh, way to behave. And she wasn't really denounced for that. And I remember just at that point going, you know, kind of asking what you asked, how much longer can I stay here? And I do think that, you know, conservatives and Republicans and religious people are treated uniquely badly in Northern Virginia. Have you had any experiences like that? Are you, do you feel what you may not want to get into personal conversations like this, but have your children, do you feel like your children are sort of set aside or treated differently or in any way you know, is are are they are they sort of singled out for for you being um, more conservative and your family being more religious? I think to some degree they're shielded from that just because they have not had to experience public school in Northern Virginia. They were originally in Catholic school, and then we made a decision during COVID 
with Zoom classes and just the circus that <laughs> Zoom classes were, even for you know good a good Catholic school to to make the transition to homeschooling, and we haven't looked back. I'm not sure that we will. We we love it. So there's they're shielded from it, thankfully. But yes, um, I think we see it more just in that they're they're increasingly so different from the other kids around them right. and other activities you do that they that that they participate in. Right, whether it's my kids little league baseball or ballet school. All the other kids are on their devices. They're being exposed yeah. to a lot of alternative sexual ideologies much much earlier. Uh, my wife um, this summer uh, had the kids in swim team, and the other parents were talking about how there's this really great um, gay babysitter, and uh, and you know, he'll he'll babysit your kids. And um, I I want my kids to be old enough to be able to think through those things uh, right. of their own accord and not have you know certain uh, you know different uh, I, I, different ideological vision uh, pressed upon them, and it. Right. You know, having having those kinds of, uh, you know, alternative lifestyles normalized, uh, you know, through babysitting or anything else, uh, they're going to make up their mind very quickly about it. It can be very confusing. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah not, as, not as bad as you, but certainly we feel it. You know, we we've we, since you've written your you wrote your article. I, I can't remember the month that it came out, but it wasn't it, it's been a couple months. Right. I think it was in August. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's been so, about six weeks. so you know, since since you wrote that article, I feel like there have been so many updates, and I want to get your opinion on a couple really newsworthy issues. I'm sure you've seen the news of the Loudoun County father who was arrested. Um, he was actually his case was actually used by Merrick Garland um, in that letter from the National Association of School Boards. Um, you know, sent to Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland then you know turned around and wrote a letter to the FBI saying, "Oh, all these parents are so violent." Well, the father again, one of the examples of this so-called you know parent violence was this father who had gone to the Loudoun County uh, school board meeting in order to talk to the school board about his daughter who was raped by a transgender a female identifying biological male student um, who was wearing a skirt who went into the bathroom after her and who raped her and there have been charges filed and then in in um, response Loudoun County simply uh, transferred the student there wasn't any kind of warning sent to the broader uh, uh, school community they transferred that student to another school and there was another uh, sexual assault at that school by that same student. And again, parents were in the dark. So, you know, I'd like to talk, uh, you know, get your thoughts on this. We know, I know that Fairfax Loudon have all, um, you know, instituted these transgender rules, which would allow males to enter uh, the girl's bathroom. I mean, we talk about how people are feeling unwelcome, but why don't people know that it's not just feeling unwelcome? You're actually, these policies are dangerous and dangerous to kids. Why is that news only reported on conservative, um, it seems like only conservative uh, media outlets. And how can parents really become more aware of this stuff? I think a lot of this has to do with uh, a narrative that um, liberal media are are just very uh, adamant in in trying to preserve the, the sanctity of, right, which is that um, people who are uh, transgender and uh, any LGBTQ and all the rest of the acronyms that go along with that, all the people that identify um, according uh, to that, uh, you know, that identity, that they're they're not a threat to, right. um, to 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 children, to society at large. So of course, any of those stories are not going to get any press, and um, and and people who, well, yeah, like like that, uh, like the father who uh, who try to. Um, 
you know, make make uh, broaden people's awareness about those stories are, you know, they're, yeah, they're going to be silenced or ignored. Um, so I think that just has a lot to do with with the state of, you know, liberal media. And sadly, you know, the Washington Post is the is the local source for media uh, in the D.C. area. So, yeah, of course, those stories. Are well, it was interesting. The Washington, the Washington Post, Hannah Nateson, she is on the education uh, uh, beat essentially for the Washington Post. They they reported on this. God bless them, right? Oh, yay! They finally reported on this, and they entirely left out the fact that this was a boy who identified as a girl who was who had a skirt on and walked into that girl's bathroom. They totally ignored that and reported that there was just a sexual assault. One student walked in uh, into the bathroom, and a male student walked into that. They did. They completely left out that this male student was identifying as a female, was wearing a skirt, and 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 so I mean, which again, the reason this student could do this is because of the transgender policies that these schools have passed, with the support of a lot of parents who, again, you know, think, oh, oh, there's never any harms from that. There's never any harms, but there are, and so. And again, that's why they wanted to keep this secret, because it, it gets in the way of that narrative that this isn't a dangerous thing that they're conser- considering. So it is really, really disturbing. Um, we've also seen a lot of stuff. Um, wanted to ask your opinion on, I believe this was Fairfax County. Who knows? Could be Loudon. They're all rotten. Um, but one of these district schools recently, a mother went into the library and found what is okay? I actually saw this book. It is, it is so. It is one hundred percent pornography. One hundred percent pornography. This isn't some like you know how 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 uh, how babies are made with like you know bubble people. This is like serious, and also not just pornographic, but very strange. There was sexual violence. There was. There was really bizarre sort of pictures in it. I'm sure you've seen this, the coverage of this. And, you know, this mother goes to the school board and she shows them the pictures and they shut her down. Um, And there's other cases of this. There were other sort of viral videos of parents actually reading some of the some of the books that are assigned to kids. What possible reason you have? A, you have an education, and in, in, I mean, you have, you are you are very. You, know, you have a master's in education from the best schools in the country. What in the world possible reason could t- the teaching community feel that this is necessary to have these books and to actually assign some of these in literature classes? Do, do you know why they do this? Um, I think in some respects they view the sexual revolution as an extension of the civil rights movement. I think they view them as sort of uh, you know, pushing the same sort of goals of, of equality um, and tolerance. Um, but, I mean, yeah, sexual ideology is a totally different animal than, than race or ethnicity. Um, so I, I think that's probably where, where some of the confusion lies. But more insidiously, I think that a lot of people recognize that if they can persuade children, even children whose parents would, would disagree with these alternative ideologies, if they can just get some of these ideas into kids' heads, that can be enough yeah. um, to, to totally alter the course of a child's life and how they view themselves and how they view other people, right? And there, there have been studies done uh, that, unfortunately, the media also have suppressed where when, once transgenderism is introduced into school curriculums, the number of kids who start saying, oh. uh, you know, I want to identify as, as something different than my biological sex, the numbers skyrocket, right? Yes. And, of course, the, the, the left will say, well, see, that's, that's why these, all, these, all these kids really were transgender. Right. We just didn't know any better. 
I mean, I, I just don't know how anybody could believe what so, was some, some sort of like a nonsensical idea like that. I mean, this is obviously being pressed upon impressionable children who are eager to be affirmed and celebrated. And if they recognize that, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, change in their sexual or gender identity will result in accolades, especially in a social media culture where, you know, we're addicted to our devices and we're addicted to the likes uh, that we get on Facebook and other social media uh, applications. Of, yeah, of course, kids are going to be enticed by this and, yeah. and deceived by it. Yeah, it, they are. It, it's it's it is really um, interesting to see um, the determination that many of these teachers have to teach some of the most sort of radical. Um, content, both from a race perspective and and sexual perspective, it's 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 definitely uh, creepy. There's no other other way to say it. What is your advice to parents? Um, par- let think of a, think of a parent like me, you know, who a couple years ago, all my kids were in the public schools, and I was totally panicked. I mean, I will say, like, you know, I pulled them out. Um, the the thing the final straw we had already pulled my son out my oldest and I am actually homeschooling so yay for homeschoolers um, I'm homeschooling <laughs> my oldest and then um, and then my but my middle son uh, you know he had grad you know he finished elementary school and his during his um, open house it was virtual open house because it was during COVID for sixth grade uh, the dean of his you know class shows up with a one of those we believe, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, LGBT, you know, all this stuff behind him as his background. And I turned to Darren and I, my husband, and I said, I'm done. We're done. And at that point, we pulled him out the next day and he, we enrolled him in a Catholic school, which thankfully was still taking students. And uh, and we my, my youngest followed up as well. And I just, you know, it was my, I, but I was really terrified. And I was really scared of these changes. What advice would you give to parents who are kind of at that panic stage and they know they need to get their kids out? but don't know what to do. Well, I, you know, uh, the Democratic candidate for governor in Virginia, Terry McAuliffe, he would say parents shouldn't be telling schools what they should, yeah. uh, what they should be teaching. That's right. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I totally disagree with, uh, with former Governor McAuliffe. Um, my, what I would urge parents to do is be very proactive in getting an understanding of what kind of curriculum your children are being exposed to. Oftentimes, as a lot of parents across the country with the critical race theory ideology are discovering, it's, it's a lot more radical and um, a lot more racist than, than they would have imagined. The same is true for much of the, the sexual curriculum that's being imposed even on you know, young elementary school students in yeah. you know, things like the transgender uh, storybook hour and whatnot. Um, but, I mean, as someone in Northern Virginia, I, I, any parent who wants to put up a fight at a school board meeting and, and really complain about these things and make a lot of noise, and pray the rosary, as a lot of parents have been doing at some of these things. I, I, I say more power to them. God bless them. But I think there are some districts where I think that you're, you're really going to be swimming against yeah. a, a strong current that's going to be very difficult to overcome. And, li- and like I said, I, children, especially young children, elementary school age kids, what I know about um, child development, kids are so impressionable. I would be terrified to have my kids spend even a few weeks in a Fairfax County public school at this I point. Agree. I um, agree. And I... I, I feel such a, such a sense of desire to, to protect my kids from that and, uh, you know, let them make up their own minds once, once their, you know, their, uh, their frontal yeah. cortexes have fully developed. Um, but until then, I am going to circle the wagons and I'm, and I'm going to, you know, give them the instruction that, uh, that you know, God has, has blessed us to be able to have the privilege to do. I think parents need to make really difficult, yeah, very, I acknowledge, very difficult uh, decisions about, 
you know, are we going to have to figure out a way to do homeschooling? Are we going to have to figure out a way to, um, you know, in, increase our income so we can afford private school or shift things around? And maybe we stop. I mean, my wife and I, we haven't taken a vacation like a, like a vac- you know, besides visiting in-laws. We haven't taken a vacation in years. Right. And, right. And, a, and a lot of that is because we're, tr- we're paying for our children's future. And in my mind, that, that investment is far more important than, you know, going to the beaches or going overseas or something like that. You know, Casey, I tell you, I feel so good knowing you're even in you and your family and your wife are just here in Northern Virginia. I feel like I feel like that gives me some relief uh, that you're here and and you're you're living in a way that so few are. I certainly am with you. I am trying hard to balance, uh, you know, homeschooling and private school, uh, you know, bills and then and, and jobs and all sorts of stuff. And it is very difficult. But I think one thing that I, I also want to tell people, you, you can do it. I think that there's a lot of, oh, well, I can't, po- I was there, I was there a couple of years ago. And I said, I, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Well, you do do it and you figure it out. And I think um, the desire, the urge, the need to protect kids is a very powerful force. And I, I, I really do hope that, uh, people sort of give into it a little bit and 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 protect their kids and i you know i used to be someone who said we really need to reform a system a broken system but i'm i'm more on the we need to leave this system people need to leave this uh public school system until their school choice um that gives families like yours families like mine um uh you know uh, more choices um in the you know in in academics it's just we really need to, to like you said, uh, you know, take take some drastic steps to protect uh, to protect our kids. So thank you so much for for coming on and sharing your thoughts on this. I'm going to continue to um, to follow you. Um, if you could tell the listeners, you know, do you have it? Are you on Twitter? You seem like such a nice person. You probably aren't on Twitter, but uh, but but where 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 can they follow you? Yeah, a lot of my friends do tell me I need to get on Twitter, but I I am not. Um, I do. <laughs> I have I have a website uh, caseychalk.com so if folks want to email me ask questions about homeschooling uh, Julie you're entirely right homeschooling is terrifying and my wife and I very much felt that way but we've fallen in love with it we yeah. we we love we we love the the flexibility and freedom that yep. we have you know like sometimes we just take a day off cuz we're yes. worn out and we can't do it anymore <laughs> and that's fine you know you just you just teach a little bit farther into June you know right uh, exactly. you start a little bit earlier yeah. Well, Casey, I have to say my son, my son got his braces on today and he came home and he was feeling great about things. And then around and we, you, I, I, I don't know if you had braces. I suspect you had braces. But, you know, do you remember when yeah. you got your braces on and you were doing great and you kind of felt, oh, this is so cool. And then by about three o'clock in the afternoon, your whole mouth was aching. And so, <laughs> you know, I told him you need to finish chapter eight of spelling. And that was just when the pain kicked in. And I said, you know what? Take the day off. So you're right. It is great for the for the flexibility. So I love I love stories like that and uh, and so you have a website and you can find your writing also at the federalist we're big fans of the federalist over here i write for them as well so um casey thanks so much for coming on i hope you'll come back maybe we could maybe we could talk just about uh about homeschooling and how to get started sure yeah that would be great probably, probably better have my wife on she's not sorry <laughs> on it but I, would, be, I would love that yeah i'm more I'm, than happy to do so thank you so much for having me on Thanks, Casey, and keep up the great work. I'm glad you're here in Northern Virginia. Thank you. You too. Thanks, everyone, for being here for another episode of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. If you enjoyed this episode or like the podcast in general, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. This helps ensure that the podcast reaches as many listeners as possible. If you haven't subscribed to the Bespoke Parenting Hour on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts, 
please do so so you won't miss an episode. Don't forget to share this episode and let your friends know that they can get bespoke episodes on their favorite podcast app. From all of us here at the Independent Women's Forum, thanks for listening. Thank you.